This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. If you've been listening to Transformative Principle for any amount of time, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with EdTech. We have the ability to personalize learning for every single one of our students, and yet so many of our ed tech tools fall short. We need our technology to do more for us. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum, and that it's proven to benefit all student populations, including English language learners and students in special ed programs. As a principal, I've used this in my school. As a parent, I've had my children use it as well. And let me tell you, this is a tool that definitely helps students learn and practice better. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments, and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? Now, you also know that I don't care so much about test scores, but I know that they are legislatively convenient and something that we have to deal with and manage on a day-to-day basis. If you can implement something that is easy and effective, why wouldn't you do it? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com slash B for a demo. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle, a proud member of the B Podcast Network, the best educational podcast out there for you. You can see all of our shows at bpodcast.network. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on all the social media networks at Jethro Jones. And today I'm excited to have Marianne Lesher on the program. She is a lifelong educator. She's been in public education for 40 years, and she was a educator in Massachusetts and Arizona. She started as an elementary and special education teacher and assistant principal in Westwood, Massachusetts, and eventually moved to Arizona, where she's been in the Kyrene Elementary District for over 26 years. In Kyrene, Marianne started the district office as a specialist and director of curriculum, and her heart is with children and families, so she moved to an elementary school and has been a K-5 and K-8 principal for 25 years. 
Over these years, Marianne schools have achieved a school of excellence award from the Arizona educational foundation four times. And her current school was honored with the national blue ribbon school of excellence recognition in 2015. This is the highest honor a school can achieve from the department of education in Washington, DC. A highlight of Marianne's career as a principal has been her work to envision and bring to life the goal of a K-8 campus for Kyrene Traditional Academy. Marianne was charged with not only developing and training a staff in new curriculum instructional strategies, but also to work with architects and construction crews to add two new buildings to campus and overseeing the renovation of the existing school building, all while school was in session. With her staff, students, and community, Marianne School has almost doubled in enrollment and continues to achieve amazing results and has been recognized with numerous awards as well. Marianne is a lifelong learner herself and her, received her undergraduate degrees from Boston College in Elementary and Special Education, her Master's in Education from the University of Massachusetts, Boston, and her PhD from Boston College in Educational Research, Measurement, and Evaluation. She is a proud double eagle from Boston College. Marianne continues her own professional development and study through her work with National Institute for School Leadership, where she trains and mentors new and aspiring school leaders. She also works closely with the Arizona Educational Foundation in supporting school leaders and is an adjunct with Grand Canyon University. Marianne, welcome to Transformative Principal. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Jethro. This is a pleasure. Uh, and I'm excited to talk today about many things, but the importance of relationships and how that is the foundation for a transformative school and transformative principles. And it's the small moments in those relationships that really can bring out the best and have the most impact, I believe, for developing relationships with students, teachers, community members, and parents. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited because you not only know this because you're smart and have done work, but also because you've lived it. And we're not going to touch on hardly anything that it was in your bio, all these amazing experiences you've had, we're not going to be able to get to it. What I think is really powerful from our conversation today is that you and I share two opposing views about something that are both equally right, depending on who the person is. And to come to that view and be able to see that I think is a really powerful thing and something that is inspiring and helpful for the people that we're serving. Uh, really looking forward to that and looking forward to this interview with Marianne. We'll get to that interview in just a moment. So Marianne, this you've been in the same place for so long, over 20 years. Tell us about how you're able to stay in the same place because so many principals get either run out or pushed out or something happens and it's difficult. Like what has been your secret to success? Thank you, Jethro. Thank you so much. I have been a principal for 24 going on 25 years in two different schools, but in the same district. So I've always been in my district in Kyrene and at two different schools. And I would say one of the most important uh, things that I live by is just about establishing relationships. And that is the key to so much, I think, with working with children, working with adults, working in schools, working with families, is when you have um, the opportunity to develop really positive and collaborative relationships, then even when you have the hard things, and there are many hard things to do in education, but when you have hard things to do or hard information to share, those relationships carry you through and that people develop 
with relationships comes trust. And when you have a trusting relationship, when you have great things, it's wonderful and you can celebrate and have great opportunities to, to have community celebrations and partnerships. But often when you have hard things, if you trust and if people trust you, then those hard things are received better and people understand that uh, sometimes communication and things that we need to do are difficult. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree that relationships are important and you've developed those relationships over years and years. And so like how to develop a good relationship is you probably haven't had to start from scratch very much recently because people know who you are coming in and things like that. So I guess my question is on that regard, what are the keys to the relationships that you think are most important and how do you develop those things early on in the relationship? Sure. And, and while I do have some street cred and I have the, the reputation, if you will, in my district, in my school, every year new parents come in and new families come in and they don't know me. And they may hear about my reputation or they may hear that I've been there a long time. But, but what's personal for them is the interactions that I have with them. So even though I've been doing this a long time, each year and each set of opportunities, each family for them and for me is an opportunity to develop new relationships relationships with that family. And that, that I think is the key to it too. It's being honest and forthright and using honest information, not trying to hide anything, being transparent, being honest. When, when I have to make the phone calls to families, when children have done some things they shouldn't or gotten engaged in some difficult um, situations with other kids, uh, first I tell them that it's um, your child's fine and they're not on the road to the emergency room or something like that. But say, I'm going to give you, I, I may be having to share some hard information and I um, want you to know I'm giving you exactly what I know, uh, what we have, what we've observed. And really people respect that. They may not like it. They may not love what I have to share uh, if it's difficult, but they respect that I'm sharing honest and full information with them. And then we can go from there. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to sweep something under the rug. And um, I do think that people, the principals sometimes try to sugarcoat things in an effort to make that conversation easier, but it's not in the long run easier. It's better to be forthright and honest right out front and say, here's what we've got. Here's what we're dealing with. And let's, um, let's develop, you know, let's move from, from here. And that's when there's difficult relationships. In the beginning of the year, I call many of my brand new families just to say hi and just to introduce myself if they're brand new to our community. I usually have either some Zoom or some in-person opportunities for people just to come in and meet me. And just so there's a face and a name, because that's half of it uh, right there too. And you see a face and a name and you have you see somebody smile and you see somebody's approach that they are wanting to work together or collaborate on behalf of their children. That gets you half the way down that road to developing that, that positive relationship as well. Yeah, I really like that. One of the things that I've done at my school is go out and do home visits before the school year starts and where we visited the home of every student that came to our school. And I was fairly new when I did that, but it was really powerful and really impactful and people really appreciated it for you. Like you, yes, you're having new families come in, but other families already know you. Do you still reach out to them when they have a new student coming in or do you already have that relationship built? 
I would say in most cases I have that relationship built, but we still have opportunities for folks to come and visit. And I do make some phone calls. And this year I made some phone calls to some students and families that had um, their children had a really hard year last year. It just was seventh grade is a hard year and I'm a K-8 school and um, seventh grade can be a really difficult year. And the students in question started out really great. Their first couple weeks of eighth grade were fantastic. So I called all those families and they actually were waiting for the shoe to drop, like something had happened. And I said, I'm just calling because your child has had such a great first two weeks. And so some of those families really were surprised to hear from me. And I had some moms crying. They just were like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm so happy that their their child was having a good beginning to the school year. And that I, I've thought of that many times uh, this first half of the year because um, last year was hard and this year has been so great and it was really fun to call with positives and to make a mom cry, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy tears are much better than sad, yes. angry yes. tears. That's for sure. Um, so as you're thinking about you know, your career and being able to, to build these relationships and make things happen, um, your school has also received awards for achievement and doing amazing things. And there, there can be a tendency to feel like, okay, we're good enough. And I got the impression when I met you in person that you don't really have that kind of a feeling that you don't feel like good enough is ever really there. Is that accurate or is there something else? Uh, how would you deal with the question of your school is good enough and how do you keep pushing even when you've you know, been blue ribbon multiple times or gotten other excellence awards or whatever. How do you keep pushing forward and saying we're not good enough yet? Yes, thank you. And that's a great question. And it's um, certainly with any, I think any job, right? It's easy to get complacent. It's easy to just say, well, I've been there, done that. But what drives me and what I hope to give and to encourage to, to drive my teachers, my staff, is that every year, our, our children coming in, whether we've known them for many years or whether they're brand new to us, this is their one shot at first grade or second grade or third grade or eighth grade. And we've got to make that first one shot at first grade or eighth grade the best it possibly can be because it, you really don't get do-overs. And every year is so critically important. Uh, and every year is so different. People think K and one and two and three, that they're all so different and the kids are so different at those ages and grades and what they learn and the relationships they develop with their peers. All of that is so different. We only get one shot at that. And so that really drives me and I hope drives my staff because it really is true. I tell my staff all the time, working with children, and this is one of my core beliefs, is it's the most important work there is. I truly believe it is the most important work there is. And they, our students deserve our A game every day. And every day has an off, everybody has an off day. Everybody might be a little, you know, under the weather. But you kind of push forward even on the hard days because the kids deserve our best selves every day and our A game every day. And we've got to work towards that. We may not achieve it every day, but we've got to try and work towards that every day because they deserve that from us. Yeah, I. it's interesting, this idea of our best, giving our best every day. This is something that I um, have been reflecting on a lot lately. And one of the insights that I've received about this is that it, on any given day, you and I are doing the best that we possibly can for that day. It may not be our best that we've ever done or that we ever could do, but for that day, we are doing our best. And 
surely you've had many days where you haven't been doing your absolute best ever, but you were still doing the best that you could that day. How does that resonate with you? And what are your thoughts about that? I, yes, I would agree with that. I, you know, what I also say sometimes, nobody really can give a hundred percent every day to day, but if you're in the like 80 to 110, cause sometimes you have a day where you are firing, you're just really smoking, you're doing great stuff and you almost feel like you two people or you've got enough energy and enough uh, vitality to do the work, you know, two or three days. And then other days, maybe not so much on any given day. I'd love to have everybody give between 80 and 110 because their average is somewhere in the middle there. But I hope that there aren't many days that people are coming in at 50% or 60% because that's just not going to cut it. And with the challenges that our children face today, our families face today, I have a very diverse community, a very diverse socioeconomically, financially, ethnically, just very diverse, which is fabulous. But there's a lot of challenges uh, under underlying all of that. And a lot of students who have been through a lot in their lives and past COVID just still trying to dig out of some of those things. And we have to be 100% and then some because they need, they may not be getting 100% from their families and they may not even be getting 50% from their families. So we need to fill those gaps as well. And it's that is a tall order for educators. And you can see why educators are exhausted and they're feeling burnt out and they're feeling just spent because they need, the students need so much from the people in schools today. It is a very tall order for schools and for educators today. It really is. And one of the things that we, so my assistant principal and I, for a time, his name's Damon, some awesome guy, Damon Hargraves. You should make sure you connect with him somewhere, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. Very cool guy. He would say, we together need to be a hundred percent. Sometimes that means you're 80 and I'm 20. Most of the time it means we're 50, 50, but together we need to be a hundred percent. And that perspective was like, it was new to me in a way that was, was really intriguing because he was like, look, we're not going to, we're not always going to be the perfect principle, but together we can be much closer to perfect. And I just really liked that partnership approach of it it's us together being great. And sometimes you're going to pick up my slack. Sometimes I'm going to pick up your slack and there's no judgment there. There's no, you're not good enough. You're not pulling enough. It's just, Hey, today you're at 20 and I need to be at the 80 and that's totally fine. And, and most of the, we're, we're at 50, 50 carrying equal weight and in good shape. So let's change the subject just a little bit about the teacher that you work with. And again, I want to keep this idea of you being in the same district for so many years and just being at two schools between those 25 years and how people come and go, you still have to have hard conversations. You still have to say and do difficult things and you still have to maintain those relationships. But let's talk about how to encourage someone when you know them really well. A lot of times we think that motivation is dependent on us to like motivate someone else. We know that's a fallacy, even though we still think that it's the case. But what has been your experience in coaching up teachers at, as you've de- developed this deep relationship with them? Like, mm-hmm. how do you know what to say and how hard to push and when to push and those kinds of things? Let's talk through some of that stuff. 
Yeah, sure. Some of it really, and I have found that the, the, to, the most important, most powerful piece of that is just to be listening and to open the conversation, open the door for reflection, because teachers are running at a crazy pace and they don't have time for reflection. They're going from one thing to the next, and then they go home and their kids and their families just have a, some space to allow reflection and to say, okay, let's think about that lesson, or let's think about that training or that, that experience or something that may have happened with a family or with a child and just leave some space to think together, that opens up the space for most teachers and most staff members to just have a moment and breathe and reflect and say, I thought about that and that was really hard for me or that was a hard conversation with that parent or that situation was wonderful. I thought that a lesson that went beautifully and I just felt like I was firing on all cylinders. But to, to just not to jump into to talk and to say, hey, that lesson was great. And what do you think? And what do you think? And try to fill space, but just to leave some space on, okay, what do we think about that? And 90% of the teachers I've ever worked with, I can't say 100 because some have chosen the wrong profession and they made some other choices out, but a good 80 to 90% of teachers truly want to be here for all the right reasons, know that this is their passion, but they also know when they've made some mistakes or when things didn't go as well or when they overreacted or when they may have gone down a path with a family or with a parent that didn't turn out as well. So in terms of coaching through difficult things or when a teacher really knows their stuff and they are just, I have a math teacher who's phenomenal, just, I have many teachers that are phenomenal, but I think about him because he tunes into the needs of every child so beautifully. And when I just happen to be walking through his room on any random day, I will see brilliance in his room and I will see him bringing brilliance out of te- out of the students. And it fills my bucket. And I, well, I just think I just need to go there every day because it's such an amazing experience. And then when I give that feedback to him, I just say, yeah, that was so great to watch how you were able to coach those kids through that hard math problem or give them the right feedback that feedback that took them to the next level. That just made his day. So those kinds of small interactions uh, are so meaningful and really more meaningful than the formal, let's do a scheduled observation. Let's do this thing that we have to do because the state says we have to. But the the small, and I want to say intimate, but not in that way, but those small moments of interaction that I'm able to see is really where the magic is. Yeah, that's so powerful. I'm glad you brought up that idea about observations and state mandated evaluations and things like that. Like, that is such a waste of time and a way that principals judge their effectiveness in a really meaningless way especially when 97% of teachers are effective or highly effective. It's like, we know that's not really making any kind of difference and that it's not giving, it's not giving real feedback. There's a guy named Craig Randall who wrote a book called Trust-Based Observations. Uh, We did an interview with him on Transformative Principle. Uh, Definitely another one to listen to and worth checking out. But when it, what I say in my book is if you're doing observations so that you can do your evaluation, then you've already lost the game. What would you say to that? 
Yes, we do it because we have to, but that's not where the meat of your work is. And that's not where the the real opportunities for coaching teachers and for having them reflect. Those opportunities are those small moments of walkthroughs. And when they say, hey, I'm doing this great thing today. Can you come by at 10 o'clock and just hang with me for a little bit? So I'm trying this new tool or this trying this new op- opportunity for students to be engaged with math or whatever it may be. Those are the times where we need to use that to then plug into their formal observation. And however, we document that for the powers that be so that they get the credit and they get the, you know, the points and all of that system that exists that we have to do. But that is where, that's where the, I don't want to say it again, but the magic happens. That's where you really see the beauty of what teachers do on a daily basis. And most people in the outside world don't get to see that because they just make assumptions about what happens in schools. But when those times where teachers are really tuning into what kids need at the moment they need it and they know their students so well and they're differentiating and they know that this group of kids has some gaps in a certain place and then this other group is a little different. When they're able to orchestrate that and just really move through that seamlessly, it is like nothing you've ever seen. And that's what keeps me, when people say, why are you still a principal after 24 years? Is there something wrong with you that you still (laughs) love this work? I love this work because I love seeing what what teachers do for kids. And they change lives. I say this to my staff all the time. We are in the business of changing lives. And I don't know that many people in their profession can really say that. Certainly doctors and firefighters and police officers, you know, first responders change lives. Um, But teachers change lives. Educators change lives every single day. And you don't know where it's cliche, but it's true. You don't know how that will pan out and when that will come back to you. But we just had several high school kids come back last week to visit some teachers. And when they are smiling, these are ninth and 10th graders coming back from high school saying, the second grade teacher changed their lives or this third grade math teacher changed their lives. It's, it's so powerful and it's so true. And that's what keeps all of us who are in this field, I think, what keeps our fires burning uh, because we see that kids are the most important entity we have and to make make it so that their lives can be enriched and improved and they can have this future they should have. That is a gift and that's an honor, really. Yeah, I totally agree. Marianne, what else, what other wisdom do you have to share with us that I haven't asked you about? I would say one thing is to keep a sense of humor. <laughs> that is critical in every field, but I don't know. You've got to keep a sense of humor. Well, first of all, I love kindergarten. Kindergartners are the funniest people on the planet. They're just funny naturally. They don't even know they're funny. And so if you're having a bad day, if any principal is having a bad day, spend 15 minutes in kindergarten and you're, you will cheer up immediately. And so that keeps you floating. But then when the hard things, you have to realize that this too shall pass and we've been through harder stuff and on any day there's something weird that's going to happen there's some weird thing that somebody's going to say and you just have to work through it and try to keep a sense of humor and I would also say don't make rash decisions because the worst decisions I ever made are the ones that somebody thought I should make quickly where I didn't give myself enough reflection time. And just because a parent might be yelling and screaming at you for something, take that moment, take a little bit of time and say, I'll give you a call back in an hour. I just need to think on this a little bit. I need to collect some information or give yourself permission to wait a moment, take a breath and not be 
forced into making a bad decision without giving yourself the permission to gather yourself or gather the information you need to make a good decision. Oh, Marianne, I'm really glad you brought that specific piece up because (laughs) this is something where I, because of how I work and the way that my mind works and how I process things and take action, for me, that is actually bad advice because, uh, and I'm not saying like, this is bad advice for everybody, but what I'm saying is we are unique individuals and all the decisions that I've made where I have acted in alignment with my values and act in alignment with my gut were the best decisions. The ones where I thought I needed more information, even though I inside really knew that I had the answer already. I, and I should have just gone with that. That has, has been the case for me. So I'm not saying that your suggestion here is a bad idea, but what I'm saying is you look at your own life and see which of where you are on that continuum, right? Because it is a continuum and some people really need more information before they make a decision. Other people already know the answer and more information confuses and delays them from doing what they know is really right. And I just appreciate that you said that because it's it, that is something that I recently have learned about myself that I like kind of intuitively knew, but then couldn't articulate. And now, because you said this today, I can definitively say for me personally, I need when I feel like something is the right thing to do, I need to act on it mm-hmm. rather than thinking that more information will make it better or easier when that's not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. And what's so beautiful, Marianne, is that the, that does not take away from your answer, your advice at all. Because if you don't have the information you need to move forward, you really shouldn't move forward. Some people will think, I don't have the information yet, when really they do have the information, they're ready to go. Other people will think, I need more information and be absolutely right. And that's just one of the beauties of leadership that we're all different. We're all unique. And I just, I love that came up today because that's something that I've been really excited about learning about myself recently. Mm. And I, I think absolutely true. I agree hundred percent. I think I would just add one more piece to that is I have learned not to have somebody else push me one way or the other, not to have somebody else's, if it's their style or their philosophy, to push me one way or the other so that I could stay true to how I process information or reflect that that someone else's immediacy may or may not be mine. Yes. So you don't have to take on their urgency, their stress, Mm -hmm. their priority. You can say, this is what I believe and this is what matters and be totally fine with that. And I think that is Mm -hmm. so important, Marianne. Thank you so much for saying that because you you just can't give that control over your life to someone else. You have to, I call that acting in alignment with your values. And you have to say, this is how I need to process this. And you just have to wait until I'm ready. Or you just have to deal with me making a decision right now, even if you're not ready. Both of those could be true. Exactly. So my final question, Marianne, is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? One thing a principal could do this week, I would say to think about 
those. Think about the students that you've been most worried about or that have been on your mind. And I just made a phone call this morning to a parent. Think about those students that have been on your mind and make a phone call to that family and just give them some feedback about, gee, I've been thinking about your child and I noticed they've really made some progress over the first half of the school year. We're at the semester break now. And a student maybe that you've noticed some really improvement in maturity or academics or leadership or whatever that may be, uh, because we think about those things and those are fleeting thoughts, but think about how powerful that message would be, that two-minute phone call, three-minute phone call to a parent, how much that could really not only make their day, but change their opinion of their child and give them a newfound appreciation for their child and the growth that their child has experienced over the first half of the school year. And if you took 10 or 15 minutes to make three or four phone calls like that, and you did that once a month even, or once a quarter, how transformative that could be for, again, the relationships you have with those families, but even for the more so for those families themselves and how much that family relationship with their child could be enhanced with that personal touch, that personal information from you. I like that. I think that's so powerful. And those little things really do go a long way. Marianne, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. We condensed 25 years of knowledge into uh, 29 minutes. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE.